Hey, it's Goss, and before we get into this week's episode, I want to give a special shout out to one of my friends, Alex Bodenzeek. Maybe you're a rookie business owner like myself, you're starting a new business in 2021, you're not quite sure what to do with taxes. For years, Alex Bodenzeek at AVB Taxes has been the go-to for relief for small service business owners who were stressed about filing their taxes, and maybe you're not quite sure what to do. Alex can help you through that process. Maybe you delayed it in the past and you find yourself overwhelmed by all the paperwork and you're trying to throw a Hail Mary in the final seconds to just file your taxes on time. That's where Alex Bodenzeek steps up and changes the game. With him, you gain a home field advantage because he's a team player that you can trust and he provides simple, tailored services with a quick turnaround time and a passionate professionalism that keeps your stress and your taxes to a minimum. Plus, all advice, services, and documentation are absolutely confidential. For a free consultation with Alex Bodenzeek, text or call him today at 518-400-0282. 518-4282. Alex Bodenzeek, AVB Taxes. And now, let's hit the theme song, Getting There with Gaz. <laughs> All right, so this episode may be for some people the most important episode you ever listened to with Getting There with Gaz. It is the story of how I got my first job in radio, my first one. And I'm joined by my pal Jack Ryan. We're going to hear Jack's story in a little bit. But the reason I have Jack on with us is, again, for a few reasons. One, I might just get so caught up in the story that I'm saying some radio terms that you're not quite familiar with. Jack will help us through that and explain that for some of you who are trying to get that first job. Also, Jack has a really fun story he wants to share about his career. And I want to make sure you hear it because he's on the music side. And he actually got the same first job that I got in the same building, hired by the same person. So we'll cover all that stuff. So, And also, of course, you know the, the, the theme of this podcast, we're not trying to be negative. We're not trying to bash it. And Jack and I are pretty positive people. So, Jack, <laughs> if I start to either go start steering for whatever reason to the negative side of it, pause me and say, guys. But I think you've known me long enough. I don't think we're going to go in that direction. So does that work for you, this part one of this podcast of Gaz gets his first radio job? Just call me Filter Jack. I'm here for you, man. (laughs) I love it, dude. I love it. All right. So let's start this story. The story starts in August 2012. So on a probably a future podcast, you'll hear the story of what happened through my college career and everything leading up to that. But in August 2012, that's three months after graduation, I'm like anybody else. I'm looking for a job after college. I thought I had a job lined up after college, as you'll learn from that episode. Gaz talks college and gets to college gig, all that stuff. Uh, You'll find out what happened along that path where now it's different. So I'm trying to think of a way that I can get a job in Syracuse, my hometown, in radio. And I have no connections. I know nobody. I don't know anybody. So I'm like, okay, how do I make this thing happen? So I have a friend named Ben Carl who works for Northwestern Mutual. Shout out to Ben Carl, one of my early sponsors and always a good friend and a good partner. Ben is a grinder. Ben is trying to figure out ways to help his business as a young insurance salesman. And he goes, guys, you got to buy for me. You got to do this. I'm like, Ben, I have no money. I have no job. I'm out of college. I got nothing. 
He goes, okay, what if I do this for you? I have a friend of a friend who knows somebody who works in Syracuse radio. I'm like, okay, I, yeah, I guess I'll buy some, whatever the smallest package is that you have, I will buy that if you can get me his number. So basically what happens is my friend gets me in contact with a friend of Mike Lindsley, who is there at the score 1260 to get in contact with Mike. So now I have Mike's number. All I know about Mike is that I listen to his show. I've tweeted in a few times before, but he has no idea who I am. And this is a good lesson right here because it's one of the things that's overvalued so many times. People say this expression all the time. It's all about who you know. It's all about who you know. Don't say that anymore. It's not about, it's all about who you know. It's about who knows you. There's a huge difference between it's about who you know and who knows you. Because I know who Michael Jordan is. Michael Jordan does not know who I am. Especially now when we're recording this in February 2021. If you're able as a young broadcaster to get your name out there, maybe you're going to live events and you're covering the sport. Maybe you've become familiar with the coach. Maybe you've interned. People know who you are. You may know who they are, but there's a huge difference right there. And this is this process of I should have learned of people know to, need to know who I am so I can get an opportunity, an internship, whatever it might be. So Mike has no idea who I am. So I call Mike up. So I've been thinking about this call for a while. I'm like, okay, what do I do to make it seem like I'm not a kid out of college? Okay, here's another piece of advice. And once you graduate, everybody's in the same boat you are. Every college kid is looking for that same thing. Look, I'm actually sweating during this. If you're watching on the video, remembering <laughs> these stories of how nervous I'm getting about the call, Mike. You're making so me like, sweat okay, too because I, I remember the, all this. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, how do I do this to call Mike to make it seem like I'm just not this kid out of college who's looking for a job? So here's how I phrase it. So I call Mike and I say, hey, Mike, this is Tom Goslowski. Just wanted to let you know I've relocated from Geneva, New York, where I was doing stuff on the air at WAUB and WEOS and WHWS. I've moved back to Syracuse. Looking for any opportunity that you have, give me a call when you get a chance. Would love to be a part of the team of the score 1260. All right. So you heard that call. I didn't lie once. I just selectively promoted myself as with the advice I'm going to give here because it's all true. I've relocated from Geneva to Syracuse because I graduated college, left that part out. I was on the air at WEOS, WHWS, and WAUB. Didn't say I was a college kid, but all that is true. So I didn't lie. I just basically made it seem like, hey, I'm a guy who worked in radio in Geneva and I'm moving to Syracuse and I'm looking for an opportunity. So Jack, you hearing that, that seems like an okay approach, right? Like I'm not lying. I'm just helping myself out, right? I, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, that's what you do in this business. Uh, you know, you, you gotta you gotta go where the job is. So I think you did the right thing. I mean, it definitely okay, led you to where you are today. So Good, good. So what happens is Mike calls me back and we have a conversation about, and, and Mike's straight up honest with me. He's like, look, it's really hard to get a job. It's hard. This business just lays it out for me and says, look, I will do what I can for you. I can't hire you right now, but the best I can do is I can pass your stuff around. Hey, that's pretty cool. Send me your resume. I'll see what I can do. So what Mike does to his credit is he does have my resume and what he does, he CCs me on an email with, I believe, Brent Axe was still there, who does afternoons in Syracuse still for the ESPN affiliate. He's, Mike's on the email. And I can't, there's like a third person on the email. The email is very simple. It's something along the lines of, hey, this is Tom Kozlowski. 
Um, just want to let you know I connected with him. If we ever need somebody who's looking for an opportunity for the state, you just keep him in mind, blah, blah, blah. As somebody who's worked as a brand manager before and worked as an afternoon host before, that email is very good. Couldn't ask for much more, but I get a ton of those emails. Like that's just a very much like, hey, here's somebody we should be interested in. Keep an eye on it. Okay. Like you don't have an opening. It's it's nice, but if there's no opening, there's no opening. You can't do anything with that. It's kind of like, uh, I'm trying to think of a really good example here. It, it's sort of like uh, a brand new car, right? Hey, I know you have a car and you can't buy one right now, but here it is in your email. If you're ever interested, just <laughs> give me a call. Like that's all it was. So a year goes by. This is now August 2013. I've never heard anything from the score 1260. So I'm discouraged like anybody else. I'm like, okay, this is probably not going to happen. I don't have an audition tape. I don't have enough stuff on tape where people are like coming in my door and knocking it down. I'm not great on production or anything else. So I'm working a real job, working in sales. And because I was in Geneva and Auburn at the time, I see there's an opening back at WAUB. So basically what it is, it's going to be the partner I worked with in Hobart, Ted Baker, Joe Lashkey, same guys. They're just looking for a third person. The opportunity is to call high school games there locally. So I basically be the third wheel. I'd go call Auburn high school sports. I'd call Weedsport. I'd call stuff in the Rochester and Geneva area. And I'd basically be the guy who would go out to these high school games. They'd broadcast there in the uh, Auburn, by the way, is like 20 minutes from where I live. Geneva is about 45 minutes west from where I'm living in Syracuse with my parents at this place. So I apply for the job and they immediately say, of course, we know who you are. Like, you're it. We're not going to interview anybody else. You're the guy. We want you to be the broadcaster for WAUB. I'm like, awesome. Like, yeah, I had to wait a year, but here we go. I have a broadcast opportunity, 23 years old. I'm getting to do what I want to do. This is great. I'm thrilled. I go out and do my first game. Uh, I'm sitting in the bleachers by myself. I'm sure you've seen these events, Jack, right? Like where the radio host is in the bleachers with the headphones on. And for those that don't understand this part, I'm running my own board. So I have the board in front of me for some people who don't know what that means. Kind of explain what it means when you run your own board. So kind of like, so the broadcast equipment, you've got your, your audio board with all the switches and dials to control your microphone and to control the feed to the studio. So that way you can actually be heard on the air. Um, That's like the, that's like the the heart and soul, uh, the brains of the broadcast, if you will. Yes. So I'm not good at tech. I'm getting better at it now that I have to get better at it. <laughs> but I've never been a really good tech guy because I've never like had a class where I sat down and learned a lot of this stuff. So this first broadcast is okay. My play-by-play is fine. I'm more worried about the tech stuff. So sometimes I'm getting a little distracted just because I want to make sure I'm on the air and everything else. So broadcast goes fine. So then I get a call like two weeks after the first broadcast may have been a week. This is the first week of September, 2013. I get a call from Cumulus Media and Janice Cole. Now at that point, Mike is no longer at the score 1260. Mike had gone to Albany 104.5, the team where I ended up years later, he was at Albany, but in this time he's had some stuff going on. He basically ends up leaving the station in August of 2013. So, you know, the person who just recommended me for the job is no longer in radio at that point. And I'm getting a call from the radio station asking about if I'm interested in a job. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, the person who recommended me isn't there. And if anything, they're not in radio anymore. So there's no chance I'm getting this job. So Janice works as what's called a promotions director. And she's calling me for a job as a promotional tech. So, Jack, I know you know this very well. Explain to people what a promotion promotions director is and what promo tech is. 
Yeah, it's kind of how I got my start in radio. Uh, so if you're ever uh, if you're ever driving around on a weekend and you see a radio station vehicle set up outside of a store somewhere uh, with banners and uh, what looks like maybe they're playing games or something like that. Um, that's, that would be like one of our events that we would go out to on a weekend. It's not so much happening right now with the pandemic, but the promotions, uh, uh, department is responsible for, uh, your image out on the streets, uh, if you will. So part of a uh, radio station's focus, uh, since the beginning is to go out in the community and, uh, do events to support the community, support local businesses and, um, you know, this is the opportunity for listeners to actually see who they're listening to. Yes, exactly. You're basically the person, like Jack just said, handed out the free stuff, sitting behind the banner, driving the truck. You are basically the, another term for promotions uh, tech is called live on location crew. You might hear that term used a lot. LOL crew is what it's called sometimes. Also uh, called street on, team. And street team. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, street team. Thank you. So, yeah, street team, LOL, live on location, promotions tech. Those are a lot of the terms you'll hear for that. And that is the entry level job that I was getting interviewed for. It's a lot of fun. So I interview with Janice. Oh, it's awesome, man. You get to go to all the concerts, get to go to all the games and stuff. So I interview with Janice and come to find out she offers me the job. Now it's part time. And I tell her because I'm working a full time job in Watertown, I can only work weekends. She says, no problem. You can just do weekend events. So now I'm in a spot where I'm on air and broadcasting at WAUB. And I've been offered a promotions tech job that's also on the weekends. Now I hear I have this decision I have to make. I have my on-air job that I waited a year for. My name is out in the public in the Figure Lakes. I can continue to do that job, or I can do this promo tech job, which is the bottom of the barrel, entry-level job, off the air. No one knows who I am. That's the job I could take. The pay is better for the on-air job. The travel is more for the on-air job. It's what I want to do is the on-air job. But the promotions tech job is in Syracuse, and it's in the radio station. So I decide to take a risk and I call Ted Baker up and I say, Hey, Ted, I know I want to be a broadcaster. I know I want to do this for a living, but I can't do this anymore. I'm going to take a risk and take this promo tech job as my entry level job in radio. And it's, I still think back to him out of the finger. Like, I'm like, he probably thought, what the hell is wrong with you? You're on the air and you're going to go hang up posters and hand out free wristbands. What are you doing? Jack, I think help me here explain this a little bit. How strange of a decision is that for me to give up an on-air opportunity to just go be behind the scenes guy? I think it depends who you ask, but I was in the same position as you uh, just uh, three years ago. Um, and I think we're going to get into more of that later. But you know, I, I don't think it's abnormal at all. I don't think it's a bad thing at all because in this business, it, it's it's very cutthroat at times. And if you want to advance, you have to take a risk and you have to, you have to be able to anticipate change and you have to be able to say, um, you, you gotta, you gotta use your instincts. You gotta be like, Hey, this could lead to something bigger, even though I'm taking a step back. Well, sometimes you gotta put that foot back to take a step forward. Yeah. So here we go. I'm a promo tech. This is my first job. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. I'm thrilled. My first event is this. I go to Oswego, New York with 95X for a free tattoo event. Yes, that, <laughs> that's right. This, right? So this event is that people are showing up. I don't, I don't want to say the name of the business, but this place, this is, uh, this is October of 2013. 
this place is holding an event where if you show up, you will get a free tattoo. So you can imagine the people who show up to this event. Now, I go to the radio station because a promo tech, if you don't know, will go to the station, get all the stuff, drive it to the event, drive it back after the event. I go to the event, and when I got hired, they gave me a bunch of T-shirts. So when you work a 95X event, you'll have a 95X rock station T-shirt on. If you're a part of the crew, you have to put the T-shirt on. I was so nervous that I looked down at my shirt, and they gave me a women's shirt. So I'm like, I don't <laughs> oh, know what I to remember do. that. <laughs> Yeah. So what I did is I showed up to the event, to the radio station with a women's extra large shirt on me, college football player, guys, imagine me showing up to the event in a women's XL shirt. And I'm like, man, these shirts are weird. Like, I why are they having women? So Newman, who uh, people may know from the Syracuse area, who's working at 95 exit time, sees me and he goes, oh my God, get, get, get this shirt off. Go, go in. Through. So he's just ripping me apart. He's like, look at this idiot. Day one showing up with women's clothes on at a 95 X event. I'm like, oh my God. So he gives me a new shirt. So here I am, bright-eyed, 23 years old, thrilled. Don't have the beard like I do now if you're watching on the video side on YouTube. So there I am, so excited. And I'm in like this 95X shirt, and I'm wearing khaki pants because I want to make sure I'm a professional. Uh, and then we go to Oswego, New York for a free tattoo event. So, Jack, for those who are not from the Syracuse area, kind of tell us a little bit about what 95X is, what that station means, and what type of listeners were there during that early part of the 2010 decade. Well, at that time, they were uh, more of a uh, modern uh, slash active rock format. Um, so like, uh, what are some bands like the Breaking Benjamins, uh, Godsmack, uh, bands I don't really listen to. Um, that was the type <laughs> of music that they played uh, at the time. So it was, uh, you know, not heavy metal at all, but like a, more of a hardcore rock music scene type of format. And maybe in the future we'll get to this. I think the best way to phrase this just for this episode is in that central New York area, and I think this extends to Utica and a little bit to Geneva as well, there is a rivalry at that time, and it's especially very hot at that time, between 95X and K-Rock. K-Rock is a uh, Galaxy Communications-owned station. It is very much a rivalry there in the central New York area that if you're Team 95X, you're Team 95X. If you're Team K-Rock, you're Team K-Rock. I moved out of the area. I don't know if the rivalry stands in we're taping in February 2021, but at that time it was a very big deal that if you're Team K Rock, what I'm trying to say basically is a very passionate fan base. So yeah, there I am, um, working an event, watching people with face tattoos come through, trying to do my best. And uh, I remember like I was very active, trying to impress Newman and a guy named Dixon, who we both know very well. Try just trying to impress him, like trying to do my absolute best. And I did a great job. And they told me at the end, he's like, hey, you did a great job. What advice going forward? Never wear khakis ever again to this event. <laughs> so, so you true. can imagine like all these rock fans and tattoos. And there's this like, la, 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 you know, like this kid who just looks like he's out of like, you know, prep school with khakis on at a freak tattoo event who stood out like a sore thumb. So, uh, oh, yeah, I so remember that was my that. first event I and that. I wanted to do it. If you remember that, you definitely remember this one because this was the event. I never thought about quitting ever, but if you're not passionate about radio or passionate about this business, I think a lot of people would have said at the end of this event, okay, that's enough for me. I'm done after this event, which is my second event, which was a zombie bar crawl during Halloween through Syracuse's Tipperary Hill area. Uh, I, I can do this part. If you can do this part, I'm from Syracuse, so if you want me to take the lead on this, do you want to try your best to explain what Tipperary Hill is in Syracuse for those who aren't familiar? Uh, well, it's uh, it's like the 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 Irish area of town. Um, there's a Irish pub up there called Coleman's, which is uh, 
um, an amazing place. It's an authentic Irish pub. Um, right down the street, there's a uh, street light that is upside down, uh, kind of paying tribute to uh, street lights in Ireland. Um, I'm sure you know a lot more. You know a lot more about it than I do, though. Yeah, I'll just fill it in a little bit too, because my dad grew up in Tip Hill, so he's probably yelling like, "I'm from Tip Hill. Get it right, kid." Um, so yeah, like Jack said, it's so Irish that the greens on top of the red for the stone throwers and everything else. There's a lot of bars there. A lot of kids at Syracuse University or other colleges or young kids out of college live in Tip Hill because that's where the party scene is. You get to go out of the bars and everything else. So for a bar crawl, it makes a ton of sense. You're going to go on Halloween and bounce around the bars at Tip Hill. So there I am. I think there's about eight people or nine people in this event because they need to set up at one bar, tear down, set up at another bar. There's like two cars, all for 95X. Different DJs are set up at different bars. It's a really cool idea. So I'm working it. But this is one of these moments where you're like, wow, so many people at this event are having fun. And I'm trying to do my best, but I have to, I'm actually working. You know, like people are out having drinks and they're trying to offer me drinks. And you're, you're not supposed to drink during the event if you're working, obviously, for risk reasons and everything else. But everyone's having this great time. But as you can imagine, as a bar crawl with zombies progresses and you see drunken zombies walking the streets of Tipperary Hill, it becomes a little bit more difficult to manage the crowd in the promotion events i'll just phrase it like that i'll let your imagination take over what i'm trying right so the last stop on the bar crawl is a place called rosie o'grady's that is no longer open in syracuse that was one of my mm. favorite places in syracuse so rosie's is awesome but what we decided to do is the event is we set up these tents outside of Rosie's and underneath the tent, we started playing beer pong, Beirut for maybe some people from New England, right? So we started playing beer pong. So imagine me now, I have to be the referee and I have to keep people in order and like have this whole sheet going of drunken zombies on their final bar crawl paying beer pong outside of Rosie's. And I have to like babysit them. I'm like, okay, so that's what I'm doing. However, and I'm almost positive your wife, Rachel is in this. I think she's with me at this next moment. What happens is it's an absolute torrential downpour. <laughs> so much so, Jack, that the, band, the, the tent starts coming off the ground. So now the tent is getting lifted up in the air, and the zombies are like grabbing at the tent, and they're ah! And I'm like, no! So I start grabbing the tent through this torrential downpour, and I have to hold the tent down because every time the wind hits, the tent starts flying in the air. So there I am like grabbing it with my might, and then I'm pretty sure it was Rachel who's standing next to me because she doesn't want to get soaked. So it's me and your wife standing under this tent at the bar crawl like, what the hell are we doing? We're getting yelled at in the torrential downpour on Halloween by drunken zombies. And I'm standing there like, so I gave up the job in the nice cushy gym to be the number one broadcaster. And here I am soaked, covered in zombie, I don't even know what. At this event. So those are some of my favorite stories about those are my first two events working promo tech for cumulus media in that cluster. And you know, I should have explained this. This might help a little bit. Um, I just said the term cluster, and you're wondering, like, well, guys, you want to do sports. Why are you working for the rock station? Kind of explain a little bit about what a cluster is and why a promo tech is working for different stations. And I'm working those rock events in general. So I always found this is the fun part of radio because uh in many markets, uh you have a conglomerate, um, larger entity corporation owning several different stations in one market. And that is the case in Syracuse. 
So uh, four stations under one umbrella inside one building. And when you're working promotions, you don't just do one station, you do all of them. Um, and that was my favorite part because you got to do all kinds of different events. I mean, you, you know, this guys, I mean, everything from doing that zombie crawl to doing other stuff with the other stations, it always made it interesting and always kind of made it exciting. It's like, okay, what are we going to do this time? So yeah. Um, yeah. Being able to do more than one uh, type of station with totally different audiences was a lot of fun. It just to explain those stations for those in the central New York area who might be confused under that cumulus media umbrella at that time. And I believe it's still similar to this. It is 93 Q. It's 95X. Mm-hmm. At that point, it's the Rebel. What mm-hmm. was the Rebel, Jack? 1037, 103.9, something like that? 105.9 at the time. Thank it's you, 105.9. Right, 105.9 at that time. And then the Score 1260, which was on an AM station. So yep. there could be people listening in a bigger market and be like, well, why don't you just have one live on location crew just for the Score and then one live lo- location crew just for 93Q? It's a nice idea. Uh, they decided they didn't want to pay that many people. And that's not a shot to be negative. Like, hey, if you can work four events, let's get you. It doesn't matter. Like, we'll give mm-hmm. you a T-shirt. Why quadruple our staff if we don't have to? Smart decision. If, if you're going to work live on location, promo tech, go to any event. So mm-hmm. that's what's happening there at that point. So November comes around. And at this point, I'm just doing promo tech. I'm just working my full-time job. And I'm having fun. I'm going through really cool events. So... Mike Lindsley at this point is no longer at Albany, but he reaches out to me and says, he's coming back to Syracuse. Like, awesome. Like, where are you going? He's like, I'm coming back to Cumulus. I'm like, whoa, okay, cool. Like you're going to be in the building. That's awesome. He goes, Hey, um, I know this is going to sound weird, but I'm filling in for a national radio show. I believe it was Yahoo sports at the time. It might be the sporting news. Now, honestly, I think it was Yahoo sports. He's filling in the Saturday after Thanksgiving. At like 6 a.m. in the morning, he's like, hey, um, I'm technically not an employee at Cumulus Media, but I need the setup. So I need someone to let me in the building and sit with me during the broadcast because I don't work here. So they said I had to pick somebody. So I'm just going to pick you. I'm pretty sure he asked me if he didn't. Maybe somebody in the building told me that story. If Sorry if it's not you, Mike, but I'm forgetting that. Somebody alerted me that I had to be in the building if I wanted to be. At 6 a.m., so technically 5.30 in the morning on Saturday, day after, uh, that Saturday after Thanksgiving, to watch Mike's show and basically listen to it and see what goes on. Like, all right, cool. So I let Mike in, and it's pretty cool. Like, basically what he's doing is he's at a studio, and he's patched through a national radio show doing his show. So I think the term patched through might be a little confusing. Explain what that means to patch through a different radio system through a board. So at the time he was working for, uh, I think it was Yahoo at the time. Um, so he needed a studio to be able to broadcast from and, uh, through, I'm pretty sure the power of the internet, uh, they're able to patch him in to the, uh, to the main network, uh, that he was broadcasting from. So patching in and the network that he was going to be featured on. Right. And I think probably now in 2021, patching through, it's probably way different technology than it was in 2013 at that point. So <laughs> Only eight yeah, years so, ago, so much has changed. Yeah, you know? yeah, right. So what happens at the end of the broadcast is Mike tells me, he's like, hey, you know, one of the tough things now is that, that I'm coming back and I'm launching my show in December. I need a producer. And I'm like, I want to be your producer. Didn't hesitate. Didn't ask questions. I just go, I want to be your producer. And he's like, okay, 
oh, I'm glad you're interested, but I'm probably gonna have Jimmer Morgan do it. And Jimmer Morgan was a guy who was a producer. Uh, he did some stuff for the score 1260. He did some stuff for 95 X. He's like, look, Jimmer's produced my show before. I'm probably gonna have Jimmer do it. But if Jimmer can't do it, I'll keep you in mind. Cool. Like, I want to be your guy. I want to help. I want to be the guy. Let me do it. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, okay, I'll keep you in mind. So whatever happens, and if, if I think I remember this correctly, Mike's show is getting ready to launch in December. And what happens is because Jimmer is part-time, his hours are spread to helping the 95X morning show, which I believe was called the Robinson show at that point, where it was uh, Robinson. I think Newman was on it. I can't remember exactly the, the crew who was on the Robinson show, but I know Jimmer helped out. And then Jimmer was producing the Bud and the Manchild show, which aired from 10 to noon at that point. So and he might have done some other stuff, but whatever the case may be, Jimmer can't do it because of the other jobs he's doing at the station. So they tell me, they're like, okay, we're going to let you do the show. We know you've never produced. We know he might screw up, but on an interim trial basis, we're going to let you produce Lindsley's show. I'm through the moon. I'm ecstatic. I'm like, let's go. I'm producing the afternoon drive show in Syracuse. I'm the guy. And also at this point, I'm doing uh, anchor updates. So for those who don't know what an anchor update is, kind of explain what that means, that I'm going to be on the air basically on the show as well. For you know, for those listening, what's an anchor update that I'm going to do here? So uh, kind of before, uh, like in between commercial breaks, there would be studio updates. I think it was like, I feel like it was every half hour. Um, you would just kind of be the lead in at the top of the hour and at the bottom of the hour um, saying, you know, here's what's going on in the world of sports. And the the Sabres lost again last night uh, miserably, you know, with the score update, that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, you would be you would be the, the sports news uh, broadcaster before the commentary begins from Mike. Exactly. So a lot of stations still do this. A lot of stations don't. It's basically a two minute sports flash or in your out. And they decided they wanted to do that. So I did that. So I remember uh, I had my wisdom teeth out that week. Oh, like, yeah, I remember yeah, that. Remember that? So like, yeah. this is like late, late November, might have been the first week of December. So my mouth is all, I'm like Kanye West through the wire, man. My mouth is all types of messed up. And I didn't want to tell anybody. I think I might've just told you, Jack, because yeah. I was freaking out at this point. I'm like, dude, I'm going to sound awful on the air. I have like, I'm numb, but I don't want to say no. Cause I know if I say no right now, they might find somebody else and replace me. I'm like, I'm going to go on with like no teeth. Basically, I will do this update no matter what. So I remember this. I actually this is like one of my most proud moments because I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be on the air in Syracuse talking sports. This is such a big deal for me. So I do the update and I would love to hear the update because in my mind, I thought it was the greatest update in the history of sports talk radio. Like I was so excited and I come out of the office and I'm staring. So how the score is set up is that you come out of the studio and directly like right next to it is what's called the operations manager. Uh, we've covered this in an earlier podcast, basically the guy who oversees everything on the air. His name is Tom Mitchell at, uh, at Cumulus. So I come out of the studio. I look right at Tom Mitchell and I'm smiling ear to ear. I'm like, yeah, like I did it. I, I was on the air and Tom's like, yeah, way to go. And I hear Lindsley go, Hey, I'm sure. I hope somebody can find this audio. I'd love to I hear Lindsley go. Well, we're back on the air. I got my update anchor celebrating like he just won the Super Bowl for doing an update. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
That's so Mike. I'm sure it was pretty funny. I'm sure if you were a listener, you're like, what the hell is this new kid doing celebrating the hallway like he just scored the game when he touched down? He just did a two-minute sports center read. Yeah, so Mike just comes up with this new show. Like, yeah, there's my anchor celebrating the hallway like he just won the Super Bowl. Yeah, and to Mike's credit, like, he helped me through that process because I didn't, you know, I'm learning. I'm a new kid. I'm fresh. After every update, he'd give me some type of feedback, like, hey, say it this way. Don't say this. Do this. Don't do that. And I'd be like, wow, like he's really helping. I remember one time I came in, I think it was like the second or third show. And I like come in guns ablaze. And I'm like, hey, who's our biggest rival? Who's our guy? Like, who do we got to take down? What's it going to take for the ratings? I know ESPN radios across the street. My goal is to take them down, man. My goal is by the next, my next book is we're going to have the number one rated show in here, 104.5, the team, sorry, uh, the score 1260, we're going to be, there's a Freudian slip right there, right? The score 1260 is going to be the number one sports show in Syracuse. And Mike looked at me and goes, how about you just worry about the update? We'll talk about all the other stuff later. Let's get you to do a four o'clock update and we'll worry about the radio war you want to start later. But look, I'm passionate and want it to work out well. I'm trying to do my best to impress them. So yeah, I get better. I get better and I get better. And also during this time, and maybe this will be a whole different podcast too. I'm also um, in April. Let's let's start here. In April, uh, Jimmer Morgan, for whatever reason, decides to leave Cumulus Media. I believe it was a situation with ours. I think what had happened was Jimmer was being asked to work these shows and he felt he like he was working more hours than he needed to. If you listen to episode one of the podcast, it's very similar stuff that I talk about where I get frustrated with the hours and I want to change. And Jimmer just says, no, I'm done. And they go, okay, you're done. And once he leaves, Bud in the man child, they're looking for a producer and this is April. So uh, Jimmer just finished the pre and post game shows. So they have me fill in like a little bit part-time and they have another kid. They're inter- uh, interested in having be their producer. So I'm like, Hey, I want to be your guy. I'm telling Jim Lurch and Bud Hawkins, like, I want to be your producer. I want to be your producer. They said, Hey, it's between you and another kid who's one of my students. And Jack, you'll find this funny. It was between me in Josh Murray. Oh, oh wow. Who, who later you'll come to find out in some future episodes, Josh and I become really good friends because Josh becomes my producer producer on the first quarter. Mm-hmm. So I basically went in there one day. He's like, and Manchild's like, hey, why should you be the producer button the Manchild? I'm telling you, I had the most epic answer possible. I went through this whole thing. It's all true. Like how I listened to that show growing up as a kid, how I know all about you guys, how I know how you hired Adam Shine, who's like my idol in this business. I did this whole thing. I think he walked away like, okay. And Tom Mitchell comes to me like a day or two later. He's like, uh, hey, first of all, congratulations. You're going to be Mike Lindsay's producer. I think I've already told you that in January. But just to confirm, you're going to be the afternoon drive producer. And Manchild was very impressed by you. So we're going to let you on an interim basis produce Bud and the Manchild. So I'm like, all right, like let's go. So now I'm doing Bud and the Manchild uh, 10 to noon. I'm doing Lindsay's show 3 to 6 occasionally when I can, I'm doing Syracuse Chiefs games as well. So now I'm the pregame uh, and in-game studio host for the Syracuse Chiefs, which is Jason Benetti and Kevin Brown. And I'll tell that story in another podcast about what went on to those things, because that's really interesting of how you work a live game when you're a studio host. So now things are rolling, man. So I'm producing in the middays. I'm producing afternoon drive. I got my real radio gig. I'm in the door and everything else. And then June... 2000 god what is it it's june 2015 or 14 i'm sorry june 2014 so again i get hired in uh by lindsley in december 
by April, I'm producing Bud and the Manchild. And then June 2014 happens. And I'm going to pause the story there because some things start to take a turn in June in a very, very good way. So that's my first job in radio. As you heard, I called a friend of a friend who was selling insurance to get a promo tech job and left an on-air job and then worked my way up just basically saying yes and yes and yes to every opportunity I could get in the station. And there it is, my first radio job, promo tech, to producing for two shows, to doing Syracuse Chiefs games at the time and everything else. Did I miss anything, Jack? I feel like I got everything covered there in the episode. Is there something that you remember from that time? Because we're going to cover your story coming up next year that's really important that I might have left out, or even a question like, how did you move from this to this so fast? Well, a lot of it's it's so cool uh, kind of taking a walk down memory lane here because a lot of that I forgot about because <laughs> it was just <laughs> such a long time ago. But I think you covered everything. Um, I remember you coming, in, uh, coming uh, into the building and us kind of getting to know each other there. And um, uh, I, I, that energy that you had uh, and how excited you were getting these opportunities for the first time, like reminds me of when I first started in radio too, and how in the beginning you just have so much excitement and so much energy and so much enthusiasm. And, uh, and you had that man. Yeah. And one quick story before we tell Jack's story here, I'm glad you, you sparked my memory here. You might hear like when you're young about rivalries of like who's going to get on the air, who's going to produce, who's and sure there's competition anywhere you go in any type of work environment. People want to do that stuff. But what happened for the promo side of it was, man, Jack, this must have been what, uh, like November or October where they say, hey, you're going to meet with Jack in the promo closet. Did they, I think they <laughs> called it a closet, right? Didn't they call it a closet? I think it was just the promo room. All right. It was a room. I don't something know. else, something something like else is called the closet. Basically, it was a closet. Right. So they're like, hey, you're going to meet with Jack, and Jack's going to train you. So I'm like, all right. So I, I assumed you were going to be like a 40-year-old guy. And like, <laughs> you know, I have like, this like massive beard, and you've yeah, I've seen it all, kid. And I walk in, and it's you, who's basically the same age. I think we're the same age. And you're like, hey, um, I'm just going to – And I just like, I think during that time, you and I are just talking about life. And I think I actually said out loud, I'm like, Jack, I have a feeling you and I are going to be friends for a really long time, and we're going to have each other's back for a really long time. I think I Never forget that. that. Yeah, man. <laughs> and sure enough, here we are almost a decade later, and you, I can call you one of my best friends in this business. Same, so, uh So let's do this. Let's pause. I hope you enjoyed that, getting your – first radio job and hopefully that advice will help somebody if you have more questions about this episode of what i should have done differently or what else remember you can follow me on twitter at tom goss t-o-m-g-o-z-z you can email the show you can find that on the different platforms as well please download subscribe rate and review would love to hear your feedback on this episode and if you're a music fan if you want to talk about um, how you land a music gig how you end up being a dj how you get on the air with music stations that's on the way next. Getting there with my pal Jack Ryan. Episode on the way. Right here on Getting There with Goss. Hope you enjoyed it. Talk again next.